0: new black show today is a special special occasion actually all my shows are special occasions this one's even more special because this with the homie my main man here his name is keith wesson he is an artist graphic designer and all-around creator also he is part of the animal house collective the legendary notorious infamous animal house collective now i'm gonna give you guys a brief intro about how i knew about them so i went to school Mainline, graduated in '06, moved around the scene until around 08 09, i started hearing about animal house i'm like okay who's who's these guys right i'm seeing these designs so like, this is pretty ill how about these parties pretty goddamn ill and i remember uh coming across you panda and a few other brothers from your collective whose name escapes me. I know his name isn't like, he was a taller guy with glasses. Hugo, that was my main man. Hugo, I ain't seen him in a minute. So Hugo was there, um, a bunch of other guys I know whose name escaped me because I haven't seen him in like damn near five, six, seven years. But the art was amazing and they threw amazing Functions. Everybody used to go to those functions. Because you had them here in Philly and you had them here in New York.
1: We also hit D.C. and think we did Atlanta once. Yo, what
0: was that name of the party y'all had in D.C. that was ill? I'm sure remember what it was. Because I was mad I couldn't go to it with like, the title and the whole concept of it was like lit as hell. Oh,
1: that was when we were on tour. Uh, it was the Ratchet Pussy Party.
0: Yes, indeed. It was the Ratchet Pussy Party. Yes, indeed. Yes, it's indeed. Only for Juicy J. Yes. That was a good era, man. Cause that was when you still had the Blockly was popping off when ASAP, Rocky and the squad were like, just getting their groove on, like on a mainstream level. It was cooking for a while, but that's when they were just doing their thing. Yes, indeed. So Mr. Wesson, let's start from the beginning here. How in the hell did you get into the world of art?
1: Shit, I mean, I've been doing it my entire life. Like, I don't really remember when I started. Might've been like around five or six years old, maybe. Mm Um, most of my family does art to some extent, even as a, if it's just, like, a hobby. Like, my mom used to do, like, T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, you've probably seen or remember, like, people just draw on the shirts, like, the hood versions of, like, Mickey Mouse. And yes. shit like that. Bart Simpson and all that, yeah. Yeah, she would just draw on the shirts and hand paint them for people. Oh, nice. But it wasn't, like, her actual job. That's mm-hmm. what made it funny. It was, like, people just knew that she could draw and would just, like, hit her up and ask her to knock something out real quick. Mm-hmm. So that's why I saw it, and I started picking up from there. Um, after that, like, her actual job for a while was a calligrapher, so I learned how to do, like, handwriting really well, and I just took that and went to graffiti for a long. I did that for about, like, four years.
0: Nice. Do you have a nice pen game and all that? Right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: nice. Do I still have it? Probably not.
0: Now, have you ever had any experience, like, doing graph or s- street art? Yeah,
1: like, I have can control and all. It's just that I haven't touched one since... T- like, 14, maybe.
0: Okay. So, for those who don't know what can control is, break that down.
1: Uh, Basically, it's just, like, the distance that you're able to spray, like, close or, like, the distance from the can itself mm-hmm. to the wall so that you have, like, the thickness of lines. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you spray, like, chances are you're just going like, a big blob or, like, a huge like, circle. Mm-hmm. It's, like, trying to, like, have control over it. Kind of like a pen, almost. Like, how you can direct the thickness of the line and details things like that
0: because okay. i always hear artists talk about the importance of the line yeah so i guess whenever you were sketching and all of that like what did all that line talk like mean to you when you were like creating what was that always like the line kept you in boundaries or let you do whatever you wanted by exploring creating
1: i mean, it kind of lets me do whatever i want um, especially with the style i use now like When people look at my illustration, they ask, like, why is everything so clean is that I don't even use brushes anymore. I'm using a line tool and curving it Mm -hmm. so that everything, like, looks the way that it does. So the line gives me, like, options pretty much Mm -hmm. because everything's based off lines, like, even, like the shading when you're doing something. Mm-hmm. So I just even draw in the shadows with everything.
0: Cause I've always, like I've seen my cousin and he's an artist and seen sometimes how he'll do things freehand. But then I always see like the actual sketching and they're like, there are lines everywhere. You know, like this, even like on like drawing on graph paper, he would manipulate the spaces provided on the graph paper to like properly give, give the dimensions to whatever he's trying to illustrate or create or whatever. That's ill. So, so what brought you going from, okay, you're young, you, know, you come from art in your family, you're like, cool. And you're from? Originally from Cali. What part of Cali are you from? San Diego. Okay, now San Diego. So how far is that from the Bay Area? Long ass way, isn't it? You see, that's the problem. I, oh, God.
1: You might as well say it's like a different state.
0: Dude, California is so fucking big, man. And I always make the mistake, people are like, yo, somebody live in L.A., you ain't that far from, um, from San Francisco. And I'm like, yo, that's a long ass, long ass way to go. Damn. So, how long were you in, in San Diego for?
1: I was there, like, until I was about, like, seven or so. And then, because my mom's from Philly. Oh, she's from here. Okay. Yeah. So, I would come back over here, went to school here, and then during the summers, I'd go back out there. Oh, shit. So, I'd come back and forth, like, every year until I was, about like, 15, 16. And okay. then I just stayed here for the last two years of school and went to college out here.
0: Nice. So what artistic influences did you pick up from being out there?
1: Definitely the Cholo, like, art style. Like, the low Riders and all. Like, the colors, the, the detail in everything. Like, mm-hmm. they're extremely detailed with things. And even seeing, like, some of the street artists out there. Like, how you see, like, Shepard Fairey's like, mm-hmm. installations and everything. Even though there's no, they may not use a lot of colors, detail even in the black sections— or extreme?
0: Because uh, I'm a big fan of like, a lot of the cholo art that I've seen. Mainly, like, besides Little riders it's the tattooing. Like, I'm a big Mr. Cartoon fan. Oh, and, definitely. Like, his work is just like, phenomenal. And I got put onto it, I guess, like during uh, the early 2000s, 50 Cent got like, his South Side tattoo. Yeah. All, all the rappers go on to Mr. Cartoon and get joints done. I saw a lot of his work and just the lifestyle via the photography of Estevan Oriol. Yeah. The culture to me out there was just, it's just amazing. I had looked through all the work to get my, my, my chest piece done or my collarbone piece done. And I wanted it to be done like in the cholo style, which pretty much was like, it was a cursive, cursive writing, but the word and lettering had like a certain style of shading to it. I know what you mean. Yeah. So I got it done and like, yo, know, it felt like the needle was like, it was rattling on my collarbone. Once I looked out in the mirror, I said, "Yes, this is exactly what I wanted." Yeah, I always. Uh, it's amazing that you found I can influence in that. So, do you still apply what you learned from like the cholo style into your work now?
1: Not as much, because I, I don't use type as much as I used to. Okay. Like everything now, so like heavy illustrated. Like mm-hmm. I can pull back from it. Like every once in a while, like I'll switch styles up a little bit. But for the most part, I would spend a lot of time trying to develop my own style separately Mm. because it's like once you get stuck into like a little box with things people group you in like oh this is all that you do so Mm. you're only going to be able to get this type of
0: job yeah so that's a two-part right there so one how do you currently define your style now versus back when you were first starting out it's more like a it's a
1: vector style for sure because that's how i create the art even Mm. though i do draw like hand pencil everything Mm -hmm. it's similar to i want to say uh graphic designer patrick nagel's Mm -hmm. art style from the 80s it's just that i actually use colors his were more muted and the details were like very subtle i just do the opposite i'm like most of my work is highly detailed like i put things in the background that you'll probably never notice Mm -hmm. like very meticulous like little messages every once in a while but yeah it's just i just create At this point test boundaries see what i can do
0: i think any good artists they also have to test boundaries whether it be their own or just whatever platform whatever like style of art that they're doing they got to go beyond and see what else is there it's on the other side of the wall so you mentioned about like it's tough i guess if you can be typecasted with certain styles it's hard to get other jobs so what's that like for you being a graphic designer out here trying to get these gigs man
1: it's a lot thankfully for me I've already like built a name for myself with my friends so people know what my work already is mm. so I have a big portfolio so generally a lot of people come to me or like they'll find me through like Instagram or they'll just email me like hey I saw your work are you able to do this and then we work on things from there if it was the other way around and it, I didn't already have this like body of work built up mm. it'd probably be a lot harder because I I see people struggling now I have like friends that Honestly, I think that they're better than me artistically, Mm -hmm. but we have the same struggle. Like they have to work twice as hard to find jobs than I do. Why is that? Why do you think that? I think part of it is a lot of the people I know, like they they weren't using it. Like, if social media comes to a play with art a lot, Mm -hmm. they would shy away from it, or they had jobs with like crazy NDAs, things like that, where. You do a ton of work, but you're not allowed to tell anyone that you actually did it. That's
0: ass out, bro. And I understand it for the company's point of view, but like as an artist, it's like, fuck, man. Like some of my best work, I can't even show off.
1: I mean, granted, some of it is kind of boring.
0: <laughs> By company logos and shit like that.
1: Sometimes. Or, for instance, I did like some freelance for like, a couple pharmaceutical companies. Most of it's like bar graphs and charts. Mm-hmm. But it's just so much information that you're like, yeah. I did part of that commercial, mm-hmm. but I can't say I did that commercial uh, okay. because of, like, all the legalities with everything.
0: It's tied into it. Okay. So what's been uh, thus far your most, like, rewarding job? Shit. I don't even remember. Because <laughs> you, you had that many?
1: I've done a lot. <laughs> like, re- this past week I found, like, some of my old emails. I found all this work I forgot I even did for people years ago. I don't know, it'd be it would have to be like some of the things I did with Adam House, like um the collab we did with Space Ghost Perps, brand, um, Raider clan. We did a flip on the Raiders logo and the Tales from the Hood, um, like cover. Mm-hmm. So it was the skull with the gold tooth with the Raiders where like the Crosses would be behind them. We made them 240s. Dope. And then they took that shirt on tour, and it like went global by accident, I guess. Because we, we didn't plan it. Mm-hmm. We was like, all right, here, here's the product. Like, let's see what happens. And then next thing we know, we see a photo shoot with the shirts in Japan. Damn,
0: that's ill. Yeah. That's real ill. So that's, all right, cool. So let's go back to the so you being in art school, right? You go to school here. And is that where you meet the House Collective?
1: Yeah, that's where I met everybody.
0: Okay, so how did, that, how did you guys meet up, and what was that like?
1: Uh, it was random. Like, we met each other in, like, spurts. Like, I'm pretty sure the first person I met was Brian. Mm-hmm. And he just, happened, he just happened to be out on the corner on Broad and brought in Chestnut. We used to sit on, like, the little newsstand boxes mm-hmm. and just randomly have conversations with, like, people that would come up our building, like, hey, what floor are you were in. Mm -hmm. and we just met randomly going to parties after a while we ended up they invited me to hang out with them one day at their room just randomly playing games and then like after the first like year or so that's when we came up with the idea Mm -hmm. like everyone else just came in as either they were roommates of someone that Mm -hmm. we already knew or random occurrences of us just meeting each other
0: so I remember like, you guys were like mob deep out here in these streets, man. Because your name used to ring, and you mentioned like it would be either you, um, Animal House Collective, or it would be like the Babylon Cartel Squad doing their, doing their thing with the parties. But your parties had such a unique vibe to them. Like how did you guys get to that point you say, you you know what, we're all artists. How are we going to make this thing, not only just Animal House, Collective, but what put you guys towards doing the parties like that? The parties came first. The parties came first.
1: And that started, from what I remember, of just us being bored in school. Like, we had these big dorm rooms. We were like, well, we're just going to sit here and hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. After a while, their friends would bring their friends. They would be ass group of people. Mm-hmm. Might as well charge them for it.
0: Nice. Okay.
1: But then, after a while, we got uh, the spot on 12th and Arch. And it was like a two-floor like loft apartment. Mm -hmm. So why not throw a party? So everyone had their own job. Like, I was the bartender for, like, most of the parties, if not Mm -hmm. all of them. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, Tiff, like, Two-Tone Tiff started coming there and (laughs) bartending with us. So Mm -hmm. that helped. And that's when, like, the Temple, Drexel, Penn crowd started coming. Wow. I
0: remember, like, I guess it was me. I got introduced again to your It's like, oh wait, 2009, 2010 ish, coming off that. Cause I used to, you know, I used to be around, we had mutual friends yeah. back then, you know, like pretty much you big be crowd be out there. Cause I would see you all, I would run into you in so many of the most interesting places. I come outside, you'd be, you'd be right there either going in or you'd be chilling outside with, uh, with the homegirl Nikki You know what I mean? Or like you just be anywhere there was an event going on. I'm like, Keith, what up? So let's talk about like some of your most interesting parties that you've had. Which is okay because um, I remember you had many people show up at your parties like before they got big. That's true. I remember you showed me a picture. We were hanging out uh, recently at the it was the P's and Q's. It was an anniversary event. Yeah, and we were all in the back, and you showed me this picture of an Animal House party that took place in New York. And in this picture was a young pre hip hop pre like number one album Cardi B. And so thing was when she was like what's before Love of hip hop. I think she was.
1: I think
0: so, yeah. Yeah, like, I saw a picture. I said, yo, well, that's fucking Cardi B, cuz. And you told me about it was a story that I definitely want you to tell on this podcast that involved R. Kelly. That's my favorite story, man. It's not my favorite. <laughs> why is <why> <laughs> that The reason why it's my favorite because it's funny as hell. Because, like, I never, like, nobody in my homies have ever told me, like, yo, man, you almost beat up R. Kelly. I was like, yes, I'm down. So what, so how the whole thing pop off for y'all?
1: So this was during the time we were doing a Ratchet Pussy Party, and it was actually a tour. So... During this time, it was for the New York show, and we're in New York. We've rented out the spot. I, if I remember right, it was SOBs like Sounds of Brazil up there, mm-hmm. and we get to the venue, and. They're telling us that we can't come in yet for a sample check or anything. We're supposed to be there at, like, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. We're asking them why. They're like, oh, well, we accidentally double booked. And they're going way over time. So as we're sitting there getting annoyed, after a while, they're like, well, you can come back. A couple of the guys go in. think it was, like, Gianni, um, Fresco, John, and uh, Panda. And they come back out, and they're like, yo, our Kelly's really in here shooting a f- shooting a fucking music video Mm. and they have like mirrors all over the place it's like a white german shepherd like some type of dog that looks like a german shepherd but it was all white just there and it's just going on for hours and we have people lining up already it's like what 20 degrees in new york city right now Mm -hmm. and it's starting to snow so people getting pissed because they already paid right we're trying to get him to rush it up, and he's trying to be all cordial about, it, like, hey, let's dap it up. Like, y'all want to take pictures? It's like, no, we'd really prefer to actually make the money that, you know, we're already booked. What? This goes on for a while. We keep coming back outside to, like, try and calm down, like, the crowd, figure out, like, what's going on, let people know what's up. And then I want to say around, like, 10:30, close to 11 o'clock, that's when he finally started clearing out and leaving. But he still wanted to stay there and linger.
0: Why? I don't know. Yes, yeah, R. Kelly, so yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But everybody was basically like annoyed with mm-hmm. the whole situation. He finally left and then we got it going. But yeah, there was like definitely some tension there because everyone, I guess, had the same thought like, yo, how is this really going to go right now? Right, because like,
0: guess being uncertain because this shit could go left, but I'm, I'm glad it went right for you guys yeah eventually and dudes so here's the ill part about Animal House collective that always fascinated me you guys of course you did it your way you didn't really have any didn't have any cosigns in the city no you, you were your own people like pretty much it was like the field of dreams if you build it it will come and y'all built a f- strong foundation that brought created a strong company and people just loved being down with whatever you guys had going down. I think one of the the last party that I attended that was an animal house function was on a house in South Philly. I don't know whose house it was. I got pictures from it. All I know is that everybody was in there that I knew from like the outside, somebody had a water gun, there was some wet t-shirts in the mix, and there was alcohol. And there was a table with condiments and alcohol on it. That's all I can remember from being in that event, which means that was a good event. I remember that. Word. That was like, what, 2012, I think?
1: Yeah, that was the last summer before everybody went to either New York or L.A. Yeah,
0: before everybody did. That was a wild party, bro. Wild party.
1: Yeah, I think that was just like a random day for us. Like, I don't think it was supposed to be a party at first. But mm-hmm. Like, yo, it's the summer. Let's have a barbecue. Someone buy a kit Like, yo, we filmed a kiddie pool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, y'all had that outside. Because even your basement was lit, dude.
1: I don't even remember going in
0: that basement. I went in that basement one time, He was sitting on top of a fucking watch machine smoking up. I said, all right, cool, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's where the cool kids is at. But in terms of the work of Animal House, what I liked about it is that there were, it kind of like, you guys mixed in so much of your influences. And a lot of your work, I thought was ill, was like very sex positive, too. Yeah. Uh, there was one shoot you used, um, your homegirl, uh, AJ was involved in it. Remember that? And I think Tiff was involved in it, too. Like I think all your all of your, all of your life like lady friends that you knew in the scene you guys had them in this like this 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 collection or this style because I remember you guys were mixing in people with cartoons yeah and what was the name of that collection? I think the name
1: they went with for it was Pervert Life nice (laughs) yeah basically the idea was um, taking like all the characters that were known for being like pervs throughout history and like putting them in like a Roger Rabbit type style that was like our biggest influence on everything Right. So we were like, yeah, let's take the photos, mix the cartoons mm-hmm. with it. After a while, we let the models pick the cartoon. Nice. So they're the ones, they just picked the choice, and then we just had to figure out how to make it, everything work.
0: Because I remember my favorite, few favorite pictures from that was, like, somebody was, like, in the bathroom throwing up, and it was, like, a cartoon there pointing, oh, yeah. pointing and the other one was, like, I don't know who it was, they were standing, it was, like, their – it was like almost like a Janet Jackson moment. It was like she was bare chested. We saw these big giant cartoon like white gloves covering them. That was Tiff. Yeah.
1: That oh. was for the shirt. The other photo shoots, that was just our individual style. Like That was just how we did all the lookbooks. Wow, that's ill. But the Tiff shirt, well that design, it started with we were doing mixtapes for a while with DJ Philly Will and it was called Panda Radio. She was the original cover for the first one. And then after a while, we didn't like the way we originally drew the hands. Mm-hmm. This was like maybe a year or two later. So I redid them. And then Tiff and Reem got together and were like, yo, this can be a shirt. And then we did the shirt and everything else snowballed from there.
0: Bro, yeah, man, y'all yeah, were killing it, man. Let's put that design. I, bro, I saw that shit everywhere, bro. Everywhere. I wish I still had some of those. Yeah, me too. I buy one, man. I was slacking back then, bro. So again, like, the idea, I think, was ill about you guys, like, being, like, so progressive with your style of art is that you guys included everybody, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, again, like, even how you had the, had the models, it was on some shit, like, because sometimes people use models as just objects in their art, you know what I mean? You know, like, yeah. if she's a model, boom, that's it. But I, I like that there was, like, a unique, organic marriage between the two. Even though yeah. they were models in the picture, it was still functional with the art, you like, made a great connection between the two doing those pieces. So for you, and being a member of this, uh, this Monsters Collective, what do you think was like your key contribution to all of it?
1: My key contribution was, I was just an illustrator. Like, okay. I would come up with ideas for things, but for the most part, I was just the pen. Like I would put stuff down, I would finish things. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like 12 of us, all of us can draw to some extent. Right. So I would just do the cleaning up everything, getting it ready for print.
0: So, okay, cool. So let's go back to the history of everything, all your experiences. And you told me the Artelli story wasn't your favorite story. So, do you have a favorite story that you can tell? That I can tell. Yeah, um, that you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I know y'all had, y'all had some lit experiences, B. So.
1: We have. Um, shit, I'm trying to remember. We've done so much. We've done a lot of shit. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. Uh, probably that same night, we ended up chilling with. Um, Rocky and the crew Oh nice They Ended up coming in Do the um, Back into the green room So I don't even remember The actual party itself mm-hmm. Because I was in the back The entire time Oh like, shit Because I go in
0: front Right
1: <laughs> I pop out on stage Every once in a while I saw people were there mm-hmm. I'm Like so I know that It wasn't like A dead party But We were just in the back Busting up and like Joking each other Like I remember One of us fell asleep I don't remember which one And all of us joined them Including ASAP Mob, we all had Sharpies on this. Just gonna tag on your face. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) Hilarious. This was around the time when Yams are still in the mix, right? Yeah. Right.
1: This was like maybe a couple years before that. Before you passed, wow.
0: Damn, dude.
1: Uh, Actually, one of my favorite stories would be like, it involves Ubik. So, back when we had the apartment on Arch, um, Ubik used to do random concerts and all in the back. Okay. Or the first floor And some dudes came down From New York um, Named Ninja Sonic So it was like Telly uh, East the man Theophilus mm-hmm. London Came down Back when he was still doing Like Death metal rap Basically
0: He was doing death metal rap? He was doing metal rap Oh shit I didn't know that
1: Yeah He was doing that Back like I wanna say This was like 07 08 at least and we met them because they were in the back doing the show and somehow someone tried to like start a mosh pit and you know how to like load the ceiling in the back of you yeah you, you can't do that shit <laughs> exactly like i just remember one dude that's like well over six feet like crowd surfing to like get out because there was that many people in there so he like he had to jump up and everyone was just pushing him over to get him towards the door so he could leave jeez and then afterwards, we get cool with like Theo and everybody, we end up going back to our spot on Arch and had like a mini party of us like playing beer pong and shit mm-hmm. until like five in the morning, playing beer pong with like fucking Heineken. Mm-hmm. Half the time I was there and I would leave half of our parties because I was still, I was dating someone that went to UArts that was a dancer. So I'd be mm-hmm. with all their parties. So it's weird seeing like leaving from one of our events to go to like an actual art school party. Yeah, There's a drastic difference.
0: What's the difference like, bro?
1: I've never been to a, like, a party where I actually saw like, choreographed dance numbers. Like You know how you go to, like you watch the movies and you'll see like people break into dance and everyone joins it? I've been in those situations. Dude, I thought
0: that show only existed on Instagram videos, bro.
1: Nah, it was not planned. Like The girl I was dating, she was a ballet dancer and all her friends studied ballet, so they be in there playing like, all types of ratchet music. Beyonce, come on, they do the entire video. So everyone just moves to the side. They still had their drinks watching. I'm like, yo, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I never thought I would see this, I thought this was fake.
0: <laughs> dude, I only see that shit happen on Instagram, dude. Like, if I see this happen in real life somewhere, I'm like, all right, cool. This is, you're you're this kinda is kind of stuck at first. Yeah, like, it's like, what is happening? You're like, oh, okay, they got the idea. They're moving in time together, they're in sync with each other.
1: Yeah, there's a pre, like everyone putting everything on YouTube. It was definitely before Instagram, so everyone did have their cameras out. So if you saw it, you just, had, you just saw it, that was it.
0: It was there for the moment, because now everybody tries to like manufacture and clone those moments, yo, every time. Like funky camera angles and you name it, they can claim it, dude. Yeah. And yeah, man. So before we got on, you and I had an interesting conversation about our college experiences. And knowing what we know now as opposed to then. And, you know, there's a time when, especially for an era we grew up in, college was put out there as if it was like the only thing that can save you from living a, you know, quote unquote, mundane life, boring life, you know, very uh, monotonous. But as we've gotten older, we've realized that, yeah, college may have given us the opportunity to meet cool people, great opportunities, but it isn't really a necessity. Oh, no. To make all. it out here at all. So now, you told me something that was quite interesting. You said, if you knew what you know now in your first year of art school, what would you have done?
1: Probably would have met all the people that I work with now as soon as possible, came up with the plan from the jump, used the school's equipment to, like, make up a certain amount of money, like, at least get our name out there, mm-hmm. and then dip. That would have saved us, like... in student debt, Mm -hmm. all the other potential problems like having to deal with the financial aid department, things like
0: that. So here's the thing I want to ask you. Do you think that—now, different for me because I I wasn't an art student, but in 2018, do you feel that art school is underrated or overrated? It's
1: definitely overrated. Okay. But it also depends on what your skill level is because I was in school. I was in class with a lot of people that didn't have any artistic background at all and I went to school for animation. So that's a major where you don't really go into it if you don't know how to draw. That's just, you're asking to fail, basically. Mm -hmm. Some of the people I was in class with were like, well, I didn't start drawing until like four months before I applied to the school, but I want to make cartoons. It's like, okay. Like, I've been doing this since I was five. I can, I know I can make things on my own. I don't have to copy. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier for me. But like, If you don't have the technique, like, art school is good at least for learning technique or learning the history because sometimes that does come into play. Does you never want to design something you think is original or as close to original as you can get now. And then you turn around and find out, like, someone did the exact same thing, like, 20 years ago. Mm. Especially if you're trying to sell it because then somebody's going to come for you Mm -hmm. eventually.
0: Because now you mentioned that. Remember, like, when you do your designs, I've seen you, like, rock with different characters. Like, I feel like I've seen you guys flip Dragon Ball Z characters yeah. in various ways. Like, it'd be, uh, I think you may have did the flip of Vegeta. Yeah. Yeah, a couple years ago. But I feel like y'all had a lot of copycats. I feel like y'all had biters. Because it was a time period when it I does. seen you guys do, do what you guys did. Next thing I know, I see, like, other people who may have been from the city, may not have been from the city. I ain't gonna see no names, but I see them like try to copy the styles you guys did in terms of like other people trying to like jack the fuck out of like a Dragon Ball Z character. And, and it's going like through the roof everywhere. And look, I used to like Dragon Ball Z growing up. Yeah. I used to love it. Like I remember like it was coming on TV, like on regular TV then hit like, you know, tsunami and all that, like I was into it. But then I got so, so turned off by it when I started seeing it Everywhere. Oh, definitely. Like, 2018, like, somebody's drawing, like, Goku with gold teeth in his mouth, like, doing trap dances and shit. I'm like, come on, man. Like, there's tons of other characters in anime that you guys can fuck with.
1: Yeah. Because you just brought back a really good memory I had. So, I want to say around 2011, um, Kareem, well, Panda, came up with this idea of, let's do, like, an anime project where he would pick, like, or the team would pick random characters from anime that were famous. And we'd update their clothes. It would still be in the same style as what they were wearing. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be like vapor or anything like that. But like, let's say it was the Akira motorcycle jacket. We'd make it based on a real jacket. Nice. Like Goyard or something and change mm. the boots and just redo the scene. And as we're doing it, I think we did like four of them. One of them was Kanada uh, from Akira, Lupin Third. Ash from Pokemon I think I did like Spike from Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. but then randomly we saw in a magazine or like a blog that there was another dude that was doing it but we all decided that his work was clean and ours so we dropped it completely like, right. we just deaded it come and found out he was a dude from Philly um, goes by name Human Animal or no Human Aliens Okay. and he was the first person we saw do it and do it well so we're like yo we're not even going to touch this project no more It's dead like after we saw that blog post and like seeing his work more online because by that time it was like instagram and all was out mm-hmm. we start seeing other people start to flood that market t- copying the exact same style basically the exact same thing that he was already doing mm-hmm. so it's the same like what you said of people copying us like if people see that a formula works they're going to try and copy it. That's just, sadly, that's just how it is. We see it in music, we see it in everything. Mm. Like, somebody pop out and has, like, a certain type of flow, you know eventually all the other people are going to try and copy that same sound.
0: So when you encounter that, does it become more about trying to avoid being copied, or is it more about you guys trying to find another way to be original and untouchable?
1: I see it as just no, it's kind of impossible to be, like to avoid being copied Mm -hmm. but i see as we're artists like we can create with anything so if someone tries to take an idea that we already have Mm -hmm. we're just going to do something else or take the idea we already have and modify it to get it to something else that's completely different from what we were originally going to do so it's like if you want to copy us you got to be as good as us to even keep up
0: right Cause there are people out there who I've seen who instead of like taking your approach of being like, hey cool, I see that I'm being copied and I know what's going on and I just gotta keep doing my thing and pushing it. Some people would just stop and like go on full rants. Like you guys trying to copy my style, blah 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 blah. And they don't do, instead of like putting that time into like actually like working on something else and keep doing the same thing and just get mad that their style is being like being overtaken
1: again. Yeah, I don't have time for this stress.
0: Yeah, if you're an artist, like you said, if you're known for creating, you can create from anything, that's what you got to do then. Yeah. Because that's the one ill thing you mentioned um, earlier. Because the only way I knew about all these people, like running with that whole Dragon Ball Z shit, came from social media. Because there's times when if you go on Instagram or Instagram or Tumblr, you'll find yourself like being like attacked by like these random paid, post yeah like these these, these advertisements and there's always it was like yo dragon ball z guys but they're but they're paid in full i was like fuck man really really dog like again there's other characters y'all can use man that's so why i understand like why people have such a strong affinity for dragon ball z when there's like literally thousands of anime characters out there and movies and series to check out
1: i mean for me I- Growing up, I didn't really watch the show that much. Like, especially by the time I got to high school, like, people would pay me in class to draw the characters. Mm. So, as long as I had Google, I could type in a name. Like, I didn't know the premise of the show. I'm like, all right, I know, like, they fight. I knew up to, like, a certain point Mm. of the show. After that, like, once they started doing all the reruns, I was dead on it. Right. But it's like, for me, they were just the easiest to draw. Mm. Like, you can probably. Kick out one of those characters like in a couple minutes, so that's why I see it as like people just keep using those characters over and over again just off of it's simple, it's easily recognizable, and you can knock it out quick if you have to.
0: Right, but even if that, even if that's the case and it's easy to do, I'm still looking at it like, oh, come on, man, like try something else because if you want to be out there as an artist, as a young guy trying to make his you know make his mark or make his or her mark out there, it's like there's other people, and other characters to try out. Because everybody, yeah. people, someone might see a Dragon Ball Z character with a certain outfit, and they'll may attribute that artwork to be done by this person because they already did it. So yeah. you're trying to come up with like, oh, I'll do art too. It's like, but you pretty much is doing what this person already did, or how are you doing anything differently? And best in the world of social media, because you, you will go through a, a hashtag and see the same shit.
1: Oh, you definitely will.
0: By like a thousand different people, you know? So we're looking at, the idea of influences and what keeps you different. So what are your influences now? Like what do you watch to keep your, your pen sharp and your mind just brimming with creativity?
1: Watch everything. Like i always take suggestions from my friends like Mm. what they're watching doesn't matter the genre i'll sit there watch it get some ideas listen to a ton of music that's been helping a lot more recently especially uh like with some solo projects i'm trying to work on like it has to deal with like certain moods so i'll just listen to straight one genre of music to like get the feel of it or just watch like movies and shows that fit that same like feel mm-hmm. and then go from there Dope. and then I always still study like all my favorite artists all the time because I see how they progress and then that just gives me like some motivation like okay you're older than me you've been doing this for years you're still being able to keep yourself fresh I know I can do the same thing.
0: So who are your favorite artists?
1: All-time favorite artist has to be this French graffiti artist named too I think you li- like his work. too okay. Yeah, he's a black graffiti artist. He's been doing it I think since like the late seventies. Wow, okay. But our art style is like my art style, like how I draw people, is similar to his mm-hmm. with a can basically. Okay. Like he does more figures than lettering. Wow. Um Shepherd Fairy. Calls um, random comic artists like um, Joe Mad, J. Scott Campbell, like just how they do anatomy. Um,
0: J. Scott Campbell's work is, is sick. Yeah. I love how he, how he draws women. It's like it's not exaggerated. You know, it's not like uh, what's that one guy? Um, there's one comic artist from like the early '90s where he would just draw like the pecs as big as a person's head. Yeah. Uh, Rob Leefield, I think his name is. I remember that. Yeah, that shit was freaky as hell, bro. He would draw a lot of image characters like Young Bloods. I remember though. Just It like, was a lot. It was over the top. But yeah, but continue, yeah.
1: Takashi Murakami, mostly like my biggest influences are my peers though. So. Nice. Like, I love seeing the people I've, I have know, even if people not able to talk all the time, like mm. seeing them progress in killing shit, like mm. distorted fucking Gianni. I'm loving what Gianni's doing right now with uh, his art, especially with like the graffiti that he's doing and like his installations,
0: mm-hmm. it's dope. That's dope, yeah, man. It's dope seeing him doing this thing, man. And it's dope before Distorted too. I mean, we, we have that classic picture of you two uh, in Rittenhouse Square. And Cause once again, like whenever I seen this guy over here, it was always random. I was walking through like Rittenhouse Square Park. I think I was going from eighteen just to take a walk in the neighborhood, and I stumbled upon you and Distorted chilling on the uh, chilling on the bench. Yeah, to have the conversation. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Cause at the time, like she was like she was shy. Definitely at, at that yeah. moment, so I said, "Yo, let me get a picture of you guys together." And it was a black and white joint, and you know that was like twenty. I think it was like twenty twelve. Yeah. It was or twenty fourteen? I don't know if it was like when I moved away or I moved back. But it, it was like early, still early on. Yeah,
1: it had to be around
0: that time. Yeah. The next thing I know, she blew. I said, "Wow, man, she was doing her thing. She was definitely doing a thing, man." It's good to see her like. Making her way Doing that that vibe I think that's the beautiful thing About all this shit Period Because Because again When we were at The P's and Q's 6th anniversary party I remember saying to you I said I I remember seeing all of us At An early point Of our lives Like in in terms of like Being like In the city On the scene And all that Yeah Being out here Because me, you and BZ And BZ I'm referring to The gutter god, uh, Monocle Rumors Local uh, designer Who's doing like insane things with his shit. So, I remember all of us being at certain points that working out, trying to find out where we wanted to be. You know, I remember you guys working out, you working with Animal House, you know, trying different parties, different designs, working on collaborations, I remember BZ at the time. He was uh, working on his his brand, but still like working under like uh, the homie Jameson and Susie Analog. Yeah. And then, I remember that: Yeah, because like, he had the um, the swerve that was their joint swerve, SWRV, uh, dot biz, and I was there they were like flipping like Frenchcher's clothing and having all these cool events. And I remember I was just like doing the photography thing, going to different places, meeting different people, taking these pictures of and just being immersed in the scene, and just watching everyone. But as the years progressed, Shout out to Fresco, too. Fresco Mills, I'll see him in the mix as well. But I remember seeing these people early on and just wondering, what's next? What's going to happen next? Because there was a time when I remember seeing Panda at a party. Tiff was there. I'm not sure if you were there or not. It was a party at the Panda Bar. Actually, it used to be called the Mar Bar. Then when it came to Panda yeah. Bar, it was on, a place on Fourth Street right above the movie theater. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. That yeah, was a cool spot. Then it just got shut the, all the way to hell down. But like, I remember just being there and seeing all these people, we just vibing as one two, community of like our, our, our creative people. But as time went on, as usually does, we all go all separate ways. And some people who were creative at one point in time just like say, fuck it, I can't, I'm not getting anything from this. And they went from doing what they were doing to like going back to of, of another life, a square life, you know, I got bills to pay. So I, that was their shit. So it was amazing to still see people who had the dreams years ago, still pushing and doing what they always wanted to do. Oh, for sure. You're still creating, and you're still an artist. You know, BZ is doing his own thing with his monocle rumors brand. Like, I got this going. I'm doing a podcast, and back when I was doing photography, I still take photos here and there, but just the progression of all of us throughout the years is something that I find to be amazing and at times bewildering. Cause like you know, our life that's is like we don't, we never know where we're going.
1: No, that's definitely true.
0: You know, but but we get here some way, somehow.
1: It always feels like there are some people that are just chosen for certain jobs. Yeah. And like this is just, this is just our shit. Like, it doesn't matter what we're doing cre- creatively, it's like we're going to be involved one way or another. So yeah, you it's always do dope it. to see. It's like. Yeah, even with you doing the photos, like I remember you like doing the photo books and everything. You actually did one of our shoots. Yeah, I can't remember?
0: Yeah, that was um, that was fun, man. Because like you guys for that one, this is back when uh, when she found on with y'all. Here he had the he had the long rat tail concert yeah, popping off. We definitely yeah, definitely the rat tail. Yeah, he was pushing for your brand crazy. Because this is the only time I think you guys were working on. Was it a gorilla? Yeah. It was a gorilla. Yeah, that kind of thing. That was the situation. Like with sweatshirts, it was doing t-shirts. Yeah, that was, that was dope.
1: I so the shoot had the whole 70s vibe with the um, Polaroids.
0: Yeah. That lookbook was dope when that shit came out, man. I
1: was fried. <laughs> <laughs> I am not go to front.
0: I had, y'all gave me mad cans of beer, yo.
1: Yeah, we definitely had that. We had that on deck.
0: Yeah, y'all did. That was a fun event, man. They used to
1: send us cases of it, that's why.
0: Word. That was at Johnny's old spot. Because yep. you guys were like, y'all were softly heavy, man.
1: Yeah, they were, I was down here. That's probably why you saw me um, at when I was with the story, because I was living down here. Oh, where? And I would just, like, catch the bus and just walk up to South Philly with them. And I mm-hmm. moved up there, like, right at the end of 2012,
0: maybe. Okay. I remember, Crack, walking on one of your spots, man. We were just, we were just hanging out, discussing the photo shoot, because you guys lived on this corner spot in South Philly. like on the second or third floor or whatever yeah i remember i missed that spot that was a cool spot man i got a picture of all y'all in the room and y'all playing my office's capcom 3. it was like somebody's bedroom like all y'all was sitting around but here's the funny part to me man it was like y'all had a table but y'all had the tv on the ground not on the table it was some kind of weird situation it was like i almost want to say y'all had the table on top of the tv that's how weird it looked Like y'all was sitting there, just rocking and shit. Or I think actually somebody was sitting on the table playing TV on the ground. That's what it was. And I was like, okay, this is interesting shit. All right, what's the animal house do? This is what they do. Cause y'all had these guys over there. I don't think they were part of your clique, but they were part, y'all were friends with them. But you guys had like this whole energy where people were just felt like they were akin to y'all. You know, even if they weren't directly artists or contributing, you know, know, creatively to anything y'all were doing. If they were in the mix with you guys, it was just in the mix.
1: Yeah, basically. It was all about unity and just, like, being around each other. Yeah. So, it was all it was all fun. But that situation, I think that table was, like, broke or something. Okay. If I remember right, we were, like, in Brian's room, and he had, like, a draft table. So, the TV was too heavy to put on it. Like, the table would shake.
0: Oh, that's so we okay. Like,
1: fuck it. It's a chair.
0: I took the picture. I, was, I got a developer. I said, what the? I said, all right, man. Shit's working it was working. That's when Marvel's Capcom 3 had, that just came, came out. Y'all was going to war and that shit, man.
1: It's easy way to settle arguments.
0: <laughs> that's nice. Fuck like arguing and fighting and shit. I'm going to see me, see me on these paddles, yo. You even call them paddles now still? Nah, it's controllers, whatever. That's all my age, man. <laughs> I see when these paddles, man. For sure. I see when this Pac-Man, bro. But that's, that's awesome. So here's a uh, four more questions I want to ask you. Where do you hope to take your arts? In the future,
1: honestly, I want to open up a studio. Oh, nice. make something separate and just bring in different artists and hopefully be able to do like seminars and workshops to be able to teach like kids or basically anybody that wants to learn how to design, mm-hmm. even like basic things. Because I see it as, like we said before, paying that much money for school is kind of a waste when Google's free. Like Skillshare is like a couple dollars a month. You can take a class from pros. And learn the same skills, mm-hmm. instead of taking a whole semester of classes that you don't need for anything. Learn exactly what you want to learn. Get out there and do what you want to do.
0: So where would you open the studio at?
1: That's what my current problem is. I have no idea.
0: I know So your mom's from here, but you spent time in San Diego. Yeah,
1: I would go. I would try and go to LA. Been thinking about New York heavy, but
0: it's New York. Then everybody's in New York, right?
1: That too, but like rent prices on like
0: buildings Nah. Let me tell you something, bro. So I saw, speaking of like rent prices and trying to find places in New York, I saw this video on YouTube, and it was this guy, he said he paid $600 a month for a studio. 600 for a studio in New York. So I said, okay, let me see the size of the studio. You
1: don't want to see it?
0: Dude, can I tell you something? You know how many square feet this shit was, bro? How much? It was like 17.
1: Yeah, you're living in a closet.
0: It was, it was a long closet, bro. Like he had like his TV up somewhere, but he couldn't, he had to put his feet up on the wall, be comfortable, because he couldn't move in there. And they had like a like community bathroom. And I said, dude, so you're paying 600 bucks, paying like, yo, $600 isn't that much rent wise, but you're paying that much living live in a closet. And you don't even have your own bathroom.
1: It's not worth it, but. I get why people do it. Yeah, me too. there's so much in New York to do. Right. Like, the opportunities are always there. So, a lot of people just say, you know what, I'm a, I'll suffer because mm-hmm. I won't be here for long. Like, I'm never in the house.
0: Dude, i me tell you something. It was, it was uh, this woman, she's like maybe like a writer or whatever. Her space is probably like 90 square feet. And it's just a small square. Like, she sleeps on, the, on a bunk bed up there. Her face is like about five inches away from the ceiling. And, I'm, and I wonder, I'm like, do you have guests over here? I'm like, if you want to get busy in your apartment, I'm like, how do you get busy in your apartment? And you gotta be easy, you probably gotta do all your, all your sex stuff on the floor before you climb up to the bed, your bunk bed.
1: More than likely, I try not to think about it. Be as right. far as New York's concerned, like with the studios and all? Mm-hmm. Nah, it's, it's a trap.
0: It's a definite setup. I couldn't do it man. And like, that's the thing about it. I used to watch these old documentaries about New York and how these old artists like in downtown 81. Like it wasn't a thing for them to live in a a slummed out building because again, they were in New York. They were artists. They had all their friends around them. But like in 2018, bro, I'm like, fuck that, man. I need to have like insulation, bro. Oh, definitely. Windows, man, my own working bathroom, B. I
1: mean, the game's different now because a lot of artists well, a lot of visual artists I have to change that because people take the idea of artists as music, and that's a that's an annoying problem now too.
0: But I
1: put out like, oh yeah, I'm an artist. Now I have all these DJs and producers hitting me up like, you you want beats? Like, nah, no, I don't I don't rap, my guy.
0: I <laughs> hell am I? I'm, a, I'm a I'm an artist. No, you probably mixtape. Shut up. But yeah, go ahead. Go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like, yeah, visual artists. Like, it's weird now seeing like how a lot of them push themselves as like celebrities. Mm-hmm. Granted, a lot of them have like the skill set to be able to like back it up like, yeah, this is who I should be. Mm-hmm. But a lot don't. And it's just really interesting. It's like trying to go to all these award shows and whatnot. Like, there's no award shows for artists. Mm-hmm. We don't get get awards for shit. <laughs> no real recognition or anything. Like, why well, do I don't have to be at like the BET Awards or nothing against it but it's like I don't know why I'd be here
0: it, it kind of strikes me as puzzling when it comes down to art and artists because I, I remember like a lot of the artists that were that are famous or you know well known like you know Monet or Van Gogh or all these other people they weren't rich when they died you know what I'm saying yeah like and they weren't They were they had patrons. They were respected. Some, some, but like it wasn't like oh shit, I need to be next to LeBron James at the game because I'm a visual artist. It was more about what you create. Your artwork was what celebrated, not you as the person. Yeah. But now, especially on social media, dude, it's freaking disgusting, bro. Because everybody, you said some kind of like want to be a celebrity or have a ten thousand followers. You know what I mean? Yes. I, you know, can kiss my ass. And this, but it's like, yo, like you realize with certain people, especially the ones that are trendy, I'm like, yo, your style of art can fade at any moment. Definitely. And then, we'll, then where will you be? That's why I don't think people attach ego to shit like that.
1: I mean, that's always the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Like, it's definitely ego. Like, if you're able to throw ego away from it and realize that, like, success, you don't own it. Mm -hmm. It's like every day you got to keep putting in work to keep that little bit of success you have or to gain more. Because if you even slack for, like, a little bit, Mm -hmm. you can lose it. People do. Especially, like, with visual arts. More so, I'd say, with clothes. Just think about it, like, a lot of the bigger brands in streetwear, they do drops, like, every week, all the time, just to keep their name up there. Because, like, let's say one day or, like, one month they don't drop or anything, somebody new can just come and take their spot. And that's it for them. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're going to be selling their shit in, like, Macy's or, like, Burlington Coat Factory or Zoomies.
0: Foreman Mills! Like, yo, it's for real, because, like... I remember feeling like I'm like, damn, Supreme is doing drops like every fucking day. Or it was like uh different collaborations with different people. Like it was just non stop. But I didn't I didn't understand why until later on, I'm like, oh, 'cause the game's really that really, like, saturated out here and everybody's going for number one spot. Going for number one headband. You know? Yeah. Jeez, man. So with the Animal House brand, where are you all now? I know you guys are all spread out. Some people are in New York, some people are in L.A. You're here. you know. Somebody's probably in like Alaska, maybe. You never know. You know what I mean? But like, That's a real possibility. a real <laughs> possibility. <laughs> Rolling Stones, man. So like, where, where are you guys now?
1: Shit, where are we now? We're all over the place. Like still, because everyone's working on separate projects. People working like separate jobs within it. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to figure it out right now. Like, John has his separate brand, Rabbit, Mm -hmm. where he's just started doing, like, some shirts, socks. Like, he's doing furniture. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Eric's working on, like, some things because he's with body armor. That's it. The rest of us, we're doing, like, separate freelance projects for people or working on separate brands. Nice. So, I want to drop something. Mm -hmm. Like, at least under the Animal House brand since guess this is officially the 10th year.
0: Congratulations to y'all, man.
1: Thank you. But like, we haven't figured out what we drop. That's the only issue.
0: Maybe like a retrospective? Yeah, that,
1: that's what I was thinking. Like, even like a book with like, some of the old sketches we had. Cause I've been finding everything.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, cause you think about it, during the time period when like, Philly was like in this low key hipster phase, right? I wanna say 08, 9 2010, back when like the piazza was just starting to pop off and y'all were like, we were all hanging out in the back room of the Piazza. Yeah. I mean not the Piazza of um PYTs hanging out back there. You all added to the culture of the Philly scene. Like, not even like the the hip hop scene in Philly back then was like was I don't know what the hell was going on then, right? But in terms of like the downtown Scene for like the young cats and our age range to hang out at. Animal House and Babylon Cartel, but more so, I will say, I give more credit to Animal House. You were very, very important to the development of even today's talent. Cause I think, I look back, I think about it, like, you guys had those parties, you had those events, and the people who used to come through your events. And see, they're carrying on now, pushing forth like their brands and their ideas. But I wonder like, would they even have had any of that? Without y'all, you know, and again, I'm not saying that people like, you know, just just dumb out here and not thinking for themselves. You know, of course, I give you guys credit for being creative in your own rights, but that's but I can't front and act like Animal House's influence influences in the city isn't still felt. You know, it's not still out there because you know back when Advocates was popping out, you know, when Advocates when they shut down and became P's and Q's, people knew what was up. Like. The impact that advocates had on streetwear in the city of Philadelphia. Oh, definitely. same thing that P's and Q's has now. You know, they're carrying on from like their their first store with their new store, and people who were there have followed them there, and they also have new people who are following them. But again, I look at like Emma House. And I want to say this because you're here. but I must keep keeping the buck fifty with you. Your parties. There's there there's no one in the city that's throwing parties like y'all throw them. Like the right at your pussy parties. I love that title, by the way. But, like, those styles of parties, the artwork, the fun, it ain't there no more. Because now if you go out out and about now, it's all about, like, ego shit.
1: No, it is. That's why I don't even bother to go out that much anymore. Yeah. Like, I only really go out for, like, Matthew Law's events, like, Silo, like, Mm -hmm. uh, couple other DJs like Heavenly Mm -hmm.
0: um, like some homie King Spy for his Neptune Sound Parties yeah like
1: or like certain venues only because I already know how the vibe already is there.
0: Yeah, I agree. And ever since, I guess, like a lot of nightlife spots that we sang out at are gone. They definitely are. They're gone, and the energy is gone. And then when people moved away, there was a void there. And like, there's there's parties that I've been to that have been like, this is cool, it's all right, but there was a certain kind of it was a chemistry there that that Animal House created, and it was just a, it was an amazing thing. Like, yo, for real, for real, if y'all made an Animal House documentary out here in these streets, it'll be people would love to see that shit. Because it would take them back to a time when they were just, and they were young and enjoying life for what it was. Why Am I was very, very, very essential to the city. It was just fun. Your parties, there were moments there. People were rubbing elbows, people they'd later see, like, blow up. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, in fact, again, me seeing Cardi B in the mix with everybody at the party, I was like, yo, again, that. Also, you know, reaffirms my st- feeling that she's definitely an around the way girl. This is why I always, I, I support her whatever what she's doing. But it was just dope, man, because everybody was there just to have a good time. Yeah, wasn't nobody above 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 or below anybody. Like one of my favorite joints is when were you guys behind the the nerd listening party, or, or maybe y'all were just there.
1: I, th- I think we were just there. I'm pretty sure we weren't part of it.
0: Cause it was like an NERD. I right, we thinking that down
1: at here it. at uh, Walnut Room, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think we just got uh, invited.
0: Yeah, we all came through. Everybody was there, and like we we all got hyped. Like, yo, man, they're gonna be there, man. Like nerds, get coming to? Cause that's how it was marketed. We got there. We it was sure like, you know, yo, was like what the fuck? All we all we got was a flyer outside. It was like, yo, we're gonna be here, and ain't nobody pop up, bro. I left, man. Went past Van Gogh and I was like, fuck, I'm going home, B. But yeah, man, I think that's the ill thing about it. You know, because again, you know, I appreciate you coming on the show. But I also appreciate you more so as someone as a creative. And like I fuck with what you guys have done. I always have been. And like even in terms of just like the art, like that the pervert life shit was so ill to me. And just how you always has created like this. I feel like everybody was involved. You guys were inclusive. Didn't matter yeah. the ethnic group. Didn't matter, if, you know, if it was like gay, or straight, or whatever. Everybody got down to animal house shit.
1: Yeah, like my way of thinking about it was: as long as you're cool and you're just trying to create and not cause any problems, like mm-hmm. not about the drama, and nothing. Cool. Let's work. It's whatever. We can wor- figure out the numbers later. Like, let me know what the idea is.
0: Look, man. Once again, you're my dog. I tell you this shit come from the heart. The city needs y'all again. It needs something like y'all again. You know what I mean? Because it's so many people out here who are creative. Like, I give props to like the uh, the three the three, three shorties who got parties at the Dolphins Tavern. Like, they're doing their thing, and other people yeah. are, they have their parties and they're rocking out for that crowd. But damn, dog, it was nothing like y'all, man. you had y'all had y'all had that vibe, man. And that's what the city needs periods is at that a unified front again, you know, and the time it may happen, no, but
1: you never know. You might you might do something.
0: Hey man, if y'all do man, I'll be on the phone. If going, we can man.
1: talk him into it, Chiefain's finds Chief trying. He's trying so hard. I'm like yo, yo, we gotta do something.
0: Yeah, y'all do. Yeah, because I feel like yo, because he's because he's one he's one he's one of the last like soldiers from from your regime who's still out here. He's still everywhere.
1: Yeah, know? I mean he's doing the music. He's yeah, overtime proud. boys
0: and shit. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's doing his thing, man, and I'm like, it's got to be something that, that can be done, man. You know, it can't, you know I can't force the, force the hand, because things happen as they're gonna happen, organically, of course. But if they do, bro, you know, the yeah, city I definitely appreciates it. I can
1: start shit. talks with him,
0: it's no problem. Yeah, man, that'd be the shit, bro. I'd like, it I, I could be the thing, too, dog. i would be, be the real party for y'all. The 10th anniversary or whenever it takes place, like, yo, one time only joint B list yeah. shit Yeah man That'd be the shit
1: Try and get some of the performers of people that we've had In, past. With us in the past
0: That'd be nutty bro Cause I mean Cause a lot of people got, got, their, got their shit their starts because of y'all Yeah
1: You know what I mean I found out recently like I saw a tweet um, Because we haven't tweeted from like The main page in Like, years. Yeah. Randomly searched it one day because I was bored. And I just saw someone, like, tweeting. I guess they're from, like, D.C. saying, like, how important we were to the music scene. I didn't even know. I didn't even think about it that way. Because we were just doing the mixtapes. Like, Mm -hmm. I never had the chance to talk to any of the artists or anything. That was all more so, like, Reem and John. I was just doing the covers. Right. But it's, like, all these people are cool. And now most of them are on.
0: Dude, think about it, what you guys fed through the streets via your shows and your parties, it was like there are a lot of things that came from what y'all created. A lot of people out here who are in the city right now, again, who are out here because they got starts rocking with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Being being in close association or coming to your parties and networking. Like, that's what that shit is about. So, you know, kudos to y'all, kudos to you. For being part of a movement in the city that I feel like at times people may kind of take him for granted when it was out and about. Because you know you what know they're saying, bro? Like, you know, uh, when it's gone, that's when you start being like, damn, I missed that shit. But when you yeah. have it, it's like, that's ah, all right, you know? So, yeah. But yeah, man. Rocked out my main man, Mr. Keith Wesson, artist extraordinaire. You know what I mean? One of the moving heads of Animal House, graphic designer. Check his work out. So, by the way, sir, on the social media platforms, where can they find you?
1: Uh, Easiest way to find me is on Instagram, k.wesson, W-E-S-S-O-N. And I guess Twitter, uh, Keith underscore squirrel. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't use anything else (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Yeah,
0: because everything else is pretty much damn near done, man. The Tumblr is like a freaking, like...
1: That's a graveyard for me of, like, all of the art that's been stolen on Tumblr over the years. It's like, damn, I did this. You see has, it. It has mad notes on it, but it didn't come from me.
0: She get <laughs> reblog and all that. Only time I use Tumblr now is, like, try to find, like, the, you know, like... Uh, random gifts, Random gifts. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I'm looking for, like, phot- like, photography and, you know, like, inspiration, like, find the art news on there. And, of course, you go on Tumblr, like, past 12 o'clock a.m. Eastern time... They're going to find some pornographer floating around there
1: 12. It's pretty much that like 24 hours yeah you're season.
0: right you're right I was trying to be nice it's, it's 24 hours a day go two o'clock in the afternoon was oh titties great, thank you But yeah that's, that's the end of episode 41 with Doey Keith Wesson peace and love <laughs> You win!